Hello and welcome to the Monday Night War Stories presents the Pay-Per-View War Stories. And we're doing WCW Starcade 1999, the last one for the year 1999. Of the millennium, sir. You're both right. I know. know. (laughs) Of the decade? Of the decade, yeah. Millennium. Millennium. Of the month? The week? Of the day? The day? (laughs) I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with the Human Wrestling Database. Corey Mack. Who? Uh, I forgot his... Oh, he's the The powers of podcaster. I have a question for him, though, before we get going. Mike Booble. Any truth to the rumor that you perpetrated... The college sports phenomenon, Oregon, for one week, simply to facilitate the return of the varsity club. Bro, can never confirm nor deny. I just thought I'm here for ratings, bro. Fair enough. Just yeah, those two things. A little close together for my liking. <laughs> you know, who came up with that idea, by the way? I think you did. I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. I'm here for the ratings, bro. <laughs> To your best of your recollection, <laughs> to your the best of my oh recollection, God. brother, I tried to get Hogan to get in there and win the belt, but it didn't work. So, we are at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. That's not what it was called back then, though. No, MCI or it's the MCI, MCI Center. Center. MCI Center. Wikipedia has it that way now. Yeah. MCI, that's not even a company anymore in the link. Yeah. <laughs> the artist formerly known as the. Uh... There's a lot of artists formerly known around right here. Yeah, I know, right? December 19th, 1999, we're a week away from Christmas, guys. Are you feeling the Christmas spirit watching this fucking show? I'm not. Are you? No. I feel like I was on the bad list. (laughs) Both pay-per-views this year had me feeling, or month had me feeling like I was firmly on the bad list. What the fuck did I do? (laughs) By the way, the tagline for this was, the battle to end the millennium. I mean, can you get more fucking just milk toast than that? The attendance for this was 8,582. Paid? Attendance. What was it? 8,582. It way more than that. They papered it, the fuck out of that arena. I was I'm like, is that paid? Because that place looks full, and I just assumed it was all papered, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> last year's was 1,600. That, Six thousand. That's like yeah. that can't be right. Sorry, Sixteen thousand. Nash and Goldberg. It's yeah. still at the crest. Yeah, yeah. So they cut it in half in a year. Yep. Wow. So on fire, Corey. Mm, how, yeah. Mm. How did we get to? I can't find it. Starcade, do you, do you want the long version or the short version? I'll do the short one. Okay. So at Mayhem, Bret Hart won the world title by beating Chris Benoit, in what had to be a bittersweet kind of too little too late moment. At the same time, um, the whole card was overbooked. Goldberg Sid match was bullshit. You can tell that already the the newness was wearing off on the Russo regime. Uh, here we go a month later. It's been a convoluted, overbooked mess every week on Nitro and Thunder. Multiple title changes, tag-wise. Bret Hart, um, I'm going to say it now, and then we'll hammer it home a little later. I'm completely unhappy about the way Bret Hart, as the world champion has been positioned as just a bit player in the entire big picture. Mm-hmm. It's all about Goldberg and the, and the Outsiders. Go, and even then Jared above Brett. I mean, Brett yeah. is literally 
a side piece. Can you be a transition champion to yourself? That's what it feels like. <laughs> bro, you got to think big picture, bro. Belch just prof, bro. Oh, fuck you, Vinny <laughs> Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. The announcers. What about the announcers? Yeah, the announcers for today. Three-man team of mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone, mm-hmm. Bobby Heenan, and Scott Hudson. I'm I like it. so happy they went with Hudson instead of Tanae. I like it. Yep. More on that list later this week. Uh, it was a nice blend. Yep. Because, like, Hudson is right in the middle of those two. Little color here, little play-by-play here, but, oh, it's just perfect, You think man. Bobby wears shades now because he's just totally drunk oh, before he's the out. show starts? And he's out. He's, yes. He yeah. is checked out. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I don't remember this. Like, Does he finish the company? No, no. I didn't think so. I was like, I, Christ, I, I don't remember this Roy Orbison version of Bobby Heenan who's got the sunglasses on and barely talking. Yeah, he wears sunglasses at night. Look, it looked like monsoon for a minute, but. A little monsoonish. Will you stop? But, yeah, he's just checked out. Uh, the show starts off with a promo of Scott Hudson giving a rundown of every match. <laughs> the only problem is... This took forever. Jesus well, that, they formatted this weird, like... Uh, instead yeah. of building to a crescendo, <laughs> it builds to, like, the second-to-last match preview is Disco and Lash against the, the, the Mama Lukes. And you're, like, and you're just like, is that how this card's going? <laughs> uh, boy. Well, you didn't know Disco was co-man eventing for tonight. Well, Disco and Russo are quite tight. So we get a long we get a long promo of Hudson breaking it, uh, down this uh, long promo, which means like you know you could just give that time to you know the matches. Well, that's the that's you know. the flip side to the one positive I give Russo is that he wants everybody to have a reason to exist. <sighs> so the bad side is that every match is going to have a breakdown. You know what I mean? But and every, they did it together in and, one video. But then they do another promo no, yeah. of just the two main events. <sighs> so we, we, to start Starcade 1999, you get back-to-back promos. Well, so WCW was bad about this, and I don't know why. They were they were really bad about selling you the paper. Like, motherfucker, I'm watching it. Yeah. Like, well, I paid for it. We're good. It's equally, Just get to the shit. Th- this is equally as annoying to me as the current, well, was current day, but now different, uh, WWE Network practice of giving you commercials for the show during the fucking show. Uh-huh. And you're like, I'm watching it. I please, don't need to fucking watch. Please order the show. I'm halfway through it. There's yeah. no point. Did you guys know they're on Peacock? Huh? Did you guys know they're on Peacock? Have you heard that? No, yeah. no, not yet. You know the only thing I found annoying about, I, like I told you guys, I watched, uh, I watched, uh, um, what a Flat Tire, whatever the fuck it's called. Starcade? Yeah, no, uh, the last show, W show. Flat Tire, Oil Fast Change. Fast Lane, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I watched that on the cock, and, Ooh. uh, no no streaming issues at all I didn't have. However, it's annoying when you're watching live. They put the Peacock logo in the top right corner. And the Ew. WWE in the bottom? Yeah. Ew. So all day you're looking at the word Peacock right there. And you're just like, fucking son bitch. It just seems wrong. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Jinx. Let's okay. do Coke. Yeah, okay. So can I still talk or should I just shut up? No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. We don't need two Bobby Heenans on this show. <laughs> All right, let's get to our first match of the night, as it's Disco Inferno and Lash LaRue versus Johnny the Bull and Big Vito with Jesus. Soup Salad and Breadsticks. I so, will say one thing. Fuck. May seem a little to you, but I, I look for the whole package. I dig the Italian dude's theme music. That's the best part about this yeah. entire match is Easily. their music. I was like, okay, I dig this music. When it started, I was like, who else should get this music? Because they suck. <laughs> this is a waste on them. 
The artist? I don't know. No. <laughs> Has to be an Italian guy. But but yeah, it's good music. It's, it's like, really oh, good music. I dig this. Some uh, empty seats on the hard camera side. Well, yeah, that's that's one area where Vince would never let that happen. Oh, I, I've been to shows, and you can see there's a guy going like, all right, you guys can be bumped up. Mm-hmm. I never got up. that, motherfuckers. Yeah, no, bump the, me up. Vince would never let that happen. That's one thing. It's like, okay, some of his bullshit is good for something. Because it's all about cosmetics, man. Mm-hmm. So, guys, hard, I ha- to, hard to be pumped about a show when there's tons of empty seats right there on the hard right. cam. I I've done something. It's like watching the Padres game. So I mean, we're going to get to uh, get to hear what uh, Corey's five stars for every match is. Yeah. yeah. I have found one, Dave Meltzer's. Oh, I can't wait. And let's see if oh, we're close. I'm I guessing not. I doubt it. As as tough as I was, I bet he'll be way tougher. We'll he was find not out. a he was not a fan of WCW ninety nine. Can't wait. Uh, Johnny the Bull Gorilla Press slams LaRue and then tries to do a jump to the top turnbuckle from the mat, but he slips. Oh, damn it. Uh, Crowd chuckled at him, booed him. Uh, Disco hits some type of frog splash, but then Big Vito Vito hits an elbow drop on Disco to break the pin. Disco accidentally hits LaRue with the chart buster, and LaRue stumbles into a DDT from Vito for the win. The match went 940. Yeah, boring. Yeah, I mean the dish, dish, dish and Lasco, Disco and Lash are terrible partners, and the other two jabronis are new at best. I, you know, yeah, I gave it a star and three quarters. Um, Wow, yeah, it's it's tough for me to go like. You have to absolutely shit the bed to go like to one or less. You know what I mean? I'm pretty open minded about that. I said logical opener when looking at the uh, the lineup. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, you going to get done? Okay, that's the logical opener. Nothing spectacular. To me, the best part of the match was watching Johnny the Bull get gassed, uh, dragging Disco in the body bag all the way to the back. Yep. That was by far. The, by the time he got to that trunk, he was almost down anyway. It was he was totally gassed. Yeah. So after the match, uh, <laughs> that was the highlight of the match. The highlight, me, by the yeah. way. Uh, by the way, one Meltzer gave us three Quarters. stars. Three stars. Three, no. Three, three quarters of a star. No. Three. three stars and a quarter. Three and a quarter stars. Three yeah. and a quarter stars. Three and a quarter stars. Holy fuck! No one I listen to Dave Meltzer. What a fucking idiot. Oh, well, he was on in nineteen ninety nine. Let me double check. Hang on, just to be safe. <laughs> Uh, one star, two star, three. Yep, three and a what three the and a quarter. fuck is wrong with him? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus Christ! So after the match, uh, Supsod breadsticks rub ether onto Disco, and he face plants it into a body bag. Supsod breadsticks takes a while. He struggles. So it was a, it was a one on one match between him and the briefcase to get the body bag out. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's when you know things aren't going well. Samsonite, that was way when you're, off. When you're wrestling the briefcase for an inanimate object and losing. They, Johnny the Bull, as Corey said, carries Disco to the back. Then once they hit outside the drapes, he drops them. And they're yeah, like, what's going on? Because he's totally dead. He couldn't carry more if he tried. Then they carry him into a trunk of a car. And then they let Soup Salad Breadstick drive the car. However, he floors it in reverse first. I, you know. And then drives off. Yep. Holy moly. Must be nice to be That's... friends with the booker, because Jesus Christ. Holy moly. 
Now, then we go to commentary. So, your normal WCW pay-per-views, we go to commentary first, and they give us that card breakdown. This time, we go to them after the first match. We just actually film the dark match? We break down, <laughs> they break down the big matches. Like Tony, they announce, Tony announces that, hey, Scott Hall's not here. And uh, he has a knee injury. The championship committee have stripped Scott Hall of the U.S. title, mm-hmm. and they just gave it to Chris Benoit. That's okay. <laughs> well, I'll, you know what? My thoughts on that more on later. Okay. On that. Benoit comes out and uh, commentary acts like he's not on the card. Benoit says that uh, titles are not given. They're earned. He came here to kick someone's ass and have a ladder match for that U.S. title, so he's going to make an open challenge. Yeah. I forgot the promos here. So, uh, I'll just say it now. Why award him the belt if you were just going to have a ladder match anyways? Just say the ladder that's vacant, and then Benoit will face a deployment to be determined in a ladder match for the vacant title. Uh, couldn't, uh... <laughs> it's like, why you just hand him the belt then? No, what you said makes total sense. What uh, the fuck? I'm, I'm, and it, we're in WCW 99, so I, I, of course I'm trying to use my Russo logic. And even my Russo logic is filling me here. Um, there's really no reason just to give him the belt. It so should have been. Um, no, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. Real quick, a side story. I am uh, enjoying the last week or so of the WWE Network because well, it still works. So I watched uh, Rock versus Hogan today, WrestleMania 18. Ooh. It's I still goosebumps. Anyways, yeah. so obviously one match of the year that year in the PWI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys know what won match of the year in 1985 in the PWI? 85? 85. I have a guess. What's your guess? I'm going to guess it's the WrestleMania main event. Hogan and T. It is. And Piper I Hogan. was like, what in the actual fuck? There were way better matches that year. But I was just going through the list. I was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. That's the match of the year. That is garbage. That's when you knew that those PWI awards were, in fact, voted on by fans. Because PWI and that, those publications were... Notorious in the mid '80s for being anti WWF. Yeah, there's no way they would have picked that on their own. 1988 was Hogan versus Andre. Not '87, '88. Well, I will defend that in the case of millions watching in prime time and it being so groundbreaking for what it was. It wasn't a great match, but it's kind of like to me, Rock and uh, Hogan and Andre from '88 is just like Rock and Hogan from '18. There were like a billion better me- worked matches that year. Yeah. But you can't deny that was the match yeah. of the year. You know what I mean? Because right match of the year isn't always about work rate. It's about moments and electricity. Well, I get that, but... And neither one of those... Is it the, the one at three a bigger deal, though? No, because the one in four was the first time that wrestling had been in prime time on national television in 30-something years. And they did something like a ridiculous 30 million... That's fair. 300 million people. Um, speaking of bad matches, our next match for the Cruiserweight Championship. <laughs> nailed that one. As it's Medusa versus Evan Courageous with Spice. Medusa doesn't waste any time and does a crossbody off the apron. Courageous throws her off, uh, throws her into the steel steps, and she gently scoots across the top. She's Medu- not taking that Foley bump? No, she ain't taking that Foley bump. Uh, Medusa and Courageous do a bridge, uh, bridge up out of a pin. Medusa hits a scary powerbomb. Yeah. Looked like uh, Courageous wasn't going to, uh, didn't want to. Uh, no, I just don't think she was as strong as she thought she was at that yeah. point. Because he can do it. He's not exactly huge, but he's, no. you know, 
He's a built, he's muscle. jacked uh, yeah. 185 or so. Oh, yeah. Courageous hits a cross body off the top turnbuckle to the outside onto Medusa. Well, she had some padding. <laughs> Big behind him. Oh, by the way, if I don't know if I said the last match went like nine and a half minutes. That's, that's way too, too long, long yeah. for that. Um, Spice gets on the apron and then distracts Courageous, and then Medusa hits a low blow, and she hits a low blow. Tried to. Tried to, twice. No. <laughs> Spice ain't a worker. But she missed the low blow. Well, she works on though. She's beautiful, but she ain't a worker. Uh, mm-hmm. Medusa hits a German suplex for the win. So you're your new cruiserweight champion, Medusa. Cool. Remember, we, remember when Ray used to have that belt? Yeah, or meant something. Meant something. But guys, WCW has China's champion. WF did. WF, sorry. WCW now has Medusa as the cruiserweight champion. Uh, okay. Yep. I mean, it's you know. weird because in in reality, Medusa is the far more um, legit wrestler. I would say she was. I don't know yeah. if she still is at this point. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's fair. But I gave it a half a star. I was like, this sucked. <laughs> Spice turns on Evan oh. and Medusa is the champ. That's all I wrote. Oh, yeah. Uh, what does old fucking Dave Dumbnuts give it? Three Four stars. Qu- three quarters of a star. So yeah, we're close on this one. It was bad. Oh, by the way, real quickly, as much as I love the Mama Luke's theme music in the first match, what the fuck is Medusa come out to? That is some terrible-ass guttural, like, moaning and talking. It makes no sense. I don't know. And then Evan Courage just has the most jobberest of jobber theme music. More on that later. (laughs) So in my eye, and then Medusa leaves with Spice. So it looks like Medusa is going to be China, and Spice is going to be the cat. I ain't saying Spice a gold digger. It was, it was a set up all along, guys. We go backstage with Mean Gene. Is, is I was just, you know what, Vince Russo? That makes sense. He's got his problems with women, so of course the two evil women conspired to fuck over the guy. Yep. So Evans, the uh, he's the, the face. baby face. Yeah. Oh, good luck with that. Not in Tony's eyes. No, uh, no. We go Mean Gene with screaming Norman Smiley. He says that he's not scared. He's just a little nervous. Um, <laughs> then he begins to scream, but it's the producer behind the camera and telling him <laughs> to wrap hilarious. it up. And then <laughs> she's like, he's just counting you down, you idiot. He's just counting you down. And then Norman doesn't know if he soiled himself, so he turns around and Gene's, Gene's like, like, yep, well, you did. He's you like, did. Really? <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. So our next match is for He's the, just counting you down, dude. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> So our next match is for the Hardcore Championship as it's Ming versus Screaming Norman Smiley. That doesn't seem fair. They instantly fight straight to the back. Any item Smiley sees, uh, he hits Ming with, has no effect. They fight into caring and Ming just throws all the tables around like he's like a, an alien or a creature chasing its hunt prey. Just get out of my that's way. That's very apt way to... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ming body slams Smiley through a table. Doesn't break. Only the legs do. That comes back in play later on. Ming chucks a cinder block at Smiley and misses. Thank Christ for that. Uh, Smiley sprays for the fire signature, but it still has no effect. So Smiley and uh, runs and jumps over a table and back into catering. So he's hiding as Unfit Finley and then Brian Nobbs come out and attack Ming. Nobs throws a coffee at Ming. No effect. Nobs hits Ming with a trash can. No effect. Finley gets a pipe and slips on the coffee. It looks like he damn near tore something. 
and hits Ming with it. They walk away, and then the camera... Like, one thing I like about this match is that the camera's behind Smiley as you see Nick Patrick, like, unhiding him. But it's like, hey, the match is still going <laughs> on. And then he's, this camera's behind Smiley, who's hiding behind a table. Smiley gets up and covers him for the win. Four minutes and 29 seconds after the match, Nick Patrick checks on Ming, but Ming puts him in the tongue and death grip. It was entertaining, I would say. Uh, not a great match, though. Hmm. I gave it a flat two. I said fun for what it was. Norman is a howl as the unlikely hardcore champ. He and Gene beforehand was hilarious. That's literally all I wrote. Yeah. Uh, Davey Boy gives it, gave it one. That's closer to mine. Yeah. I think I just I, I give a Nor- I give a Norman bump because I like him so much that anything he does gets a little extra. Like it wasn't a good match, yeah. but uh then we see a delivery man deliver a golden crowbar to Dave Flair. We go backstage. Why is this guy on TV? We go backstage with that's Oklahoma that's talking with Dr. Death as Oklahoma says he'll have a mic on. For his match, and then he goes outside. Then the misfits kidnap good old Oklahoma bum, bum, bum. in the hallway. A lot of kidnapping in WCW. Need better security. <laughs> then we see. Then we get a history lesson of the Revolution and Hacksaw Jim Duggan's feud. <sighs> then we get a promo today with tough guy Hacksaw, as Duggan says he still won't tell who tell anybody who his partners are, as they are true blue Americans. Our next match is The Revolution versus Hacksaw and three special guests. As Douglas gets to talk and it's just boring as hell. Heenan, I don't think uh, anyone... Uh, I don't think there's a- any more janitors that could help him. <laughs> so, before Joe says who it is, Corey, I will say that I am glad you told us, for those who didn't listen before. Yeah. I would have been so pissed if this is what it was building up to. Oh, I warned you. It was a disappointment oh, from, getting, from, from moment one. God. I can tell you I was marking out, and then I no-selled, uh, marked out because we didn't say, but then it went instant no-sell once. I was told on the midweek, last week's midweek war stories. Now, let me, before, I'm going to say who it is. It is the Varsity Club of Mike Rotundo, Kevin Sullivan, and Rick Steiner. And... Rick Steiner. So let me give you a, a history lesson. Thank you. Uh, you might know some of this because you grew up in that area. But uh, a decade earlier, in late 87, going into early 88, the Varsity Club was formed. Mike Rotundo uh, had come over from Florida when Jim Crockett Promotions bought Florida. Steiner from UWF when they bought Watts out. And Sullivan from Florida as well. And they had a pretty, it was a pretty meta idea at the time. And that is that the evil games master, as he was known, Kevin Sullivan, mm-hmm. um, was warping the ear and the minds of the collegiate athletes um, to mirror what was going on in certain aspects of professional sports everywhere else as well at the time. That he uh, had manipulated these fine collegiate athletes, made them do his dirty bidding, um, you used his power of persuasion, especially over Steiner. Rotunda was his favorite. Steiner was the one he always hit him in the head and called him an idiot. And But it worked. And they cut great promos. And they had Rotundo held the TV title for almost a year. Uh, they finally did a split where Steiner became so unbelievably goddamn over when he beats Rotundo for the title at Starcade 88. You think a riot is happening in the arena. And uh, that was the split. 
But it was a it was a group that worked for that for a mid card that time. They had the Horsemen up top, mm-hmm. and the Varsity Club did the, the the TV title era, you know, level shit. Uh, I, for the life of me, would love to know who in December of '99 thought, you know, what we need to bring back to help WCW, the Varsity Club. Are we trying to get rid of the old guys? Uh, yeah, certain well, old guys. Some yeah. certain. Oh, no. Russo won. Because Kevin Sullivan had booking power and, and was one of the good old boys mm-hmm. in the back. So he definitely wasn't. Good a, old boys. So this, there's no way this was a Russo call. Just for Kevin Sullivan to be in the building. Just like. Rick. And that's easy enough. Rick was has been there the whole time. You can just have him back as Rick Steiner. Yeah. Rotundo. I mean, he'd been in New Japan since he, he was kicked out of the NWO two years earlier. BK Wall Street. So what the fuck is he doing? Like, I, I just. At the time, it was such a head scratch. Like, why bring back the varsity club? Like, what was it really just to put Leia Meow in cheerleader outfits? Yes. Because, got news for you, Terry Taylor, woo, big proponent of uh, Leia Meow. Uh, so was every male announcer yeah. this week, apparently. Uh, who, of course, got her claim to fame in ECW as Kimona Wanalea. Um, I was sticking with the name right to yeah. get close to. Yeah. That to me, that's got to be the only reason because yeah. it's like other than that, I cannot figure out for the life of me why you would dig up uh, a gimmick from ten years earlier that wasn't a main event gimmick. You and know, I just like why don't we bring in Magnum TA? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, Jesus. Well, at least Christ. he was a huge name. You know what I mean? Like, these were mid Carters at best. Like, this would be like <sighs> this would be like <laughs> I can't do it. Honestly, this would be like bringing back the fucking Spirit Squad. Like. What no. are we doing? No, they were better than the Swerve. And they got over way more I than the Swerve. First <laughs> of all, how dare you? This would be like 2021 WWE bringing back a mid-carter like Edge to be in the world title match at WrestleMania. Like, who's going to? Oh. Uh, oh, anyway. Hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait a minute. So we have the, the, vars- over about as well too. the Varsity Club joins them. However, the for out- so here's exhibit A of I Know Something Was Fishy. Next to the Z. Duggan never tags them in. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, then Varsity Club gets in and tags everybody in the ring. They put Asia in the tree of woe. But then all of a sudden, the Varsity Club attacks Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Of course. Duggan leaves commentary, <laughs> and he covers Duggan <laughs> for the win. So, uh, Douglas, I don't, sorry. I don't know uh, who thought Varsity Club screamed face. I was like, <laughs> yep, none of those are faces. You're taking my notes here. This is a terrible match. I went three quarters of a star. I said in a million years, who the hell would have guessed the Varsity Club returning near 2000? Even better was Duggan trusting them. Idiot. Fucking moron. They were a straight up heel team. Everything about them was heels. Jesus, man. Negative star. It wasn't that bad. It was bad, but it wasn't that bad. There's a negative and then the star for one. What is happening well, he hates Doug and he hates Sullivan and he hates Douglas and he hates. And that's. I also don't like them, but like, you know, pretend to be objective. The match asshole. went four minutes and 53 seconds. That's way too long. Uh, Douglas. I don't know if you David Flair fucking negative stars. <coughs> Doug, Douglas tells. Uh, tells Doug and that he has 24 hours and then on Nitro he's going to denounce America. So, no chance that happens. No, not no. Ever. In well, these, for another year. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Uh, then we see the Misfits uh, carrying old Oklahoma. Oklahoma in a shark tank. Oh, fucking me. Fucking me raw. Our next match is Vampiro or Vampiro 
versus Dr. Death, Steve Williams. The Misfits drag Oklahoma to the ring. If Vampiro wins, he gets good old five minutes with good old Oklahoma. What a step. Dr. Death (laughs) uh, with a T-bone suplex off the top rope. Then the Misfits try to get involved, and he just destroys them all. Vampiro goes for a spin kick, but Dr. Death catches him and hits a back suplex. Or just felled. It's up to you how you want to put it that way, but it looks like he just felled over. Uh, Dr. Death is on top of Vampiro, as then Robinson goes over and tells him to get off. Dr. Death shoves him. Then Robinson calls for the bell. Your winner via DQ, Vampiro. Five minutes and two seconds. Yep. After the match, Dr. Death keeps attacking Vampiro. And then Oklahoma's yelling to get him get out because he this is his chance to attack him since he's down. Keeps on yelling, keeps on yelling. So does the clock start once the bell rings? Like once the theoretically, I don't know. <laughs> since the second bell, like once the bell rang that he got DQ'd, the timer started. No, it shouldn't have. Uh, in a well booked organization, uh, they would bring the bell again and start the five minute time. Okay, so he's yelling and yelling until finally, I think. Doug Dillinger carried Dr. Death, took him to the back, and then they told him to run back out to get him out of the cage because he needs to uh, get in. And then Oklahoma gets into the ring and starts kicking him in the chest like a Daniel Bryan kick. And then DDTs him. So Vampiro so far is selling for Oklahoma. Hey, he's trying to get paid, son. It's all about uh, that money. <laughs> uh, Vampiro gets up and slaps Oklahoma in the chest. Vampiro goes for a kick, but Oklahoma ducks and low blows him. The Misfits attack Oklahoma. Vampiro hits the nail in the coffin for the win. Two minutes and 52 seconds. Vampiro yeah. barely beat Oklahoma. Yeah, no, this is bad. Yeah. Um, I graded both matches. As did I. As, um, I went three as quarters a of a star on the first one. Sloppy, but it is a Vampiro match, so you're going to get a lot of slop there. Nothing good here. And then actually half a star for the other one. Even less here. Okay is played out. Which, of course, means we're nowhere near done. Not even close to being done with it then. Um, uh, I just want to point out that, um, spoiler alert, uh, Japan traded VK Wall Street for Dr. Death. Which is fantastic. <laughs> Ooh, yikes. Uh, which is phenomenal. Davy Boy gave the Vampiro Williams match. Ironically. Once Rick Steiner kicked out of the varsity club, Dr. Death took his place. Uh-huh. Um, Vampiro and Dr. Death got a star and three quarters. Wow. Didn't see that coming. Uh, Vampiro and Oklahoma, negative star and a quarter. It was bad. Not that bad, but it was bad. Mm. Thank you, Bill Murray. <laughs> uh, we go to the powers at B. With Kurt Henning. Uh, Henning wants to know if the powers of B have uh, uh, any words of what's happening tonight. And the powers of B is like, hey, I got a lot on my mind right now. Something big's going to happen tonight. And something kind of does. Something monumental. Uh, we got to. Still waiting for that. We're going to today with Harlem Heat and Midnight. Today wants to know if there's any friction between the group. If you have to ask. Uh, <laughs> Booker T plays it off at CB Ray's like, well, since Midnight's been here, we've been screwed. And nothing's been right. C. Ray says, you know what, uh, Booker T? I've always had your back, but tonight, I don't got your back. Always. Didn't you join the NWO last year? Right? That's what, what I, you're talking about. have been back together for like three months. 
So, it sounds like I've Cole's, always had your back, Joe. It sounds like Cole is uh, doing the commentary that you know. Hey, they're brothers. Speaking of that, let's go to our next match as it's Creative Control. Now, when you say brothers, oh jeez, Creative Control, <laughs> Devin Mac, and Kurt Henning versus with Shane. Matt, shut up. <laughs> versus Harlem Heat and Midnight. The winner of this match becomes the number one contenders for the tag team championship. Seems legit. It's a three team. Gets it okay? Just making sure. It's a six man tag plus one team is already broken up in the in promo before the match. Uh, I wonder who's going to win. Is um, hear me out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can Knight not walk down the ramp? Is that why she gets this entrance all the time? Because no, she has to sprint down the ramp because of the lights down. Because it doesn't make sense to still like she was just on camera in the back. We know where she's at. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I just think Vince Russo is a sucker for that Sabu open. Which well, also, Heyman only did in ECW when it warranted it. Yeah. Not, not every, every time. Burger T comes out by himself. As he should. I mean, so, check that out. Already better. Yeah. Team's already improved. Uh, during the match, Stevie Actually, Ray. Actually, would have been better if Midnight didn't show up along with Stevie Ray. But So, in reality, uh, this is a six-man tag. However, it really is a three-on-one handicap yeah. match. In all fairness. I mean, that yeah. checks out with old Nazi brothers. <laughs> Yeah, the black guy's got the disadvantage. I color me shocked. Uh, a sight for not good eyes is when the two of them beat up not, uh, Midnight at both time at, it's a good at look. double team. Yeah, it's a good look. Know? I mean, that's not the first time that happened. Especially <laughs> uh, they pulled the punches. Stevie Ray comes down, but Booker T tells him get get out of here. I got this sucker. You left me high and dry, fool. Uh, Stevie Ray begins to argue with Midnight as that's happening. Henning hits Booker T with some brass knucks. As one member of the creative control pins Booker T for the win. Seven minutes and 52 seconds. Jesus. If you can't tell by my ratings, so far this show is circling the drain. And I give one star to this match. Just a backdrop to another heat split. Another waste. That's what I wrote. I believe I asked on this podcast two months ago why the fuck did you put them back together Booker T is beyond this goddamn tag team because they needed teams stupid reason but that's why they did it fuck Davey Boy gives it three quarters uh, three quarters of a star yeah we're about we're close then we get a history lesson of Dustin Rhodes and Jeff Jarrett we see uh, Dustin Rhodes (laughs) talking in the back saying he's getting sick and tired of Jarrett bad mouth and Dusty I love the shirt damn second third and that uh, tonight's gonna stop but then uh, Jarrett jumps Rhodes in the back, and our bunkhouse brawl match begins between Dustin Rhodes and Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett throws uh, Rhodes into the half-broken table that Ming tried to throw Smiley through earlier in the night. Does Waste you- not one not. I thought that was funny as hell. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, there's that table. Uh, they get to the ring, the bell finally rings. Jarrett rams a, uh, a real barrel into the left leg of Rhodes. He tries to ram the... Uh, Real barrel into the uh, guardrail, and you're going to see Rhodes helping him move his moving the legs. Uh, Road uh, Jarrett grabs a fan's beer and chucks it into Rhodes' face. They, expensive. They fight at the announce table. Rhodes throws powder in the eyes of Jarrett and uh, start, and starts to whip him with his belt. The ref tries to stop Dustin, but then Dustin starts to whip the ref. So I don't know how I feel about that. Right? If I was on a show like guardrail, right? We got a beer. Everybody likes being part of the show, but like, I don't know that I want them taking my expensive ass beer and throwing it. You know what I mean? Oh. So I'm guessing they don't comp that fan. 
So autocorrect is a bitch. I'll get to it later. Uh oh. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, they probably comp. Well, I'm, I'd be I a get, little pissed about that. Most companies would comp. Yeah. WCW, I'm not so sure not about. so much. Uh, the ref then... Uh, Fire, call. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> then the ref gets Indies. sat on the second turnbuckle as Rhodes then r- ties him up with duct tape and his with one arm, and his other arm is with the belt that he was whipping him with. Okay. But guys, this is a freaking bunkhouse brawl match. Anything goes... Not to Billy, Sil- not to Billy Silverman. No, the refs in every company are bad about this. When they're no DQ, they're always like counting like punches or get off the ropes. Like why? I can do what the fuck I want. Yeah. Sit there and count, bitch. Shut up. Uh, Kurt Henning comes down and unties Billy Silverman, but has to wait for a while till he gets to his spot. It was weird. Like why is the heel coming out and helping the ref? I'm confused. Then we get a long... Against the Chosen One, yeah. too. <laughs> a long sleeper hold for the Chosen One, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Rhodes kicks Jarrett in the groin and goes to the cover, but uh, the ref is then pulled out by Kurt Henning. <laughs> Did you just help? Just fuck? don't tie him up! Don't Cor- untie him! Corey, I'm just curious. In, in the bunkhouse brawl matches that Dusty would have, mm. how many long sleeper holds were there? None. Yeah, just, just Zero. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> way more blood, by the way. You know, I'll say a blood feud really screams long sleeper holds. <laughs> right? You're not wrong. A long sleeper hold. It goes about a minute. Uh, Rhodes then kick Henning in the groin. They fight up the stage. Rhodes bulldogs Henning on the stage floor. Um... Then Jarrett jumps off the ladder and hits Rhodes with the guitar for the win. 11 minutes and 18 seconds. First of all, I love unintended continuity or just happy little facts in wrestling. And this December 99 at Starcade, you got Jarrett and Dustin Rhodes fighting in a bunkhouse brawl. A year before, in December of 98, at In Your House Rock Bottom, Jeff Jarrett faced Goldust. And a, like a striptease strip match. match. Yeah. I just love those little happy accidents. Like, okay. And here's where autocorrect is a bitch. I'm old school, so I dug this. I gave it two and a quarter. Nice brawling, and I liked Rhodes raping the ref in the corner. Oh. Uh, should be roping the ref You'll in the need corner. To edit that, I believe. Yeah. Or, you know. But I dug it for what it was. I'll yeah, never it forget was, the name Goldust. It uh, was not a classic bunkhouse brawl, but it's <laughs> damn sure the best thing on this card so far. Yeah, two and a half by Davy Boy. I get two and a quarter. So yeah, we're again we're in this for the most part we're close. We go back. We see backstage uh, Booble's favorite wrestler David Flair beating up the stuffed animal with the crowbar he was just given. Jesus Christ! What? Then we get a history lesson of David Flair and DDP and what why their feud has come to this. We got uh, a match. We got a mean Gene DDP as he says he's going to beat the hell out of Flair with the crowbar. Our next match is a crowbar on a pole match. Of course. DDP of course versus David Flair. <laughs> Had to put something on a pole. The crowbar is so low that you can just reach for Spice? it off the mat. But, you know, they have to portray it's not. DDP comes out first, but Flair runs through the crowd, sneaks attacks, and hits him in the ribs with the crowbar that was just given to him. The gold crowbar. Uh, Robinson calls for the match, and DDP can't wrestle, and his pincer's about to finish, uh, saying... Uh, you know, this match won't happen. DDP gets to the ring and says, no, this match is going to happen. This match can Yeah. As he's being grabbed. I was like, wow. Uh, How bad is this show so far? Come on. Way worse than Armageddon. 
Yeah. yeah. I was, it's worse, but to me, I, they're about even. Can I say like, one thing about this match? There was, like, what? I would happily go back in time and attend Armageddon in person. Play, this match isn't good. front row seats than watch this fucking show. I again. would just avoid this month, period, this, and never go back to it. This match isn't good. But I would say, is this the best David Flair match? No. I don't know, because he's never had one. Good one. So, I think this is his best match. I mean, again, damning it, with extremely faint praise. Yo, um, of course. Possible. I never really thought about it. Because they're all terrible. What I mean, I the this? best match whatever he had with Tori is better. Uh, so. Flair, Flair gets the crowbar, takes the swing, but DDP ducks and hits with the diamond cutter for the win. 3.53. After the match, DDP hits the super diamond cutter off the top turnbuckle. He's going to go for the kill shot. By kill shot, I mean hit Flair in the groin with the crowbar. But that Daphne fan. Hey, match picked up. Runs down and covers Flair and stops DDP from hitting him. Just as a question for you two gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, knowing how bad David Flair is at uh, life, everything, um, would you want him swinging a no. crowbar as hard no. as he could, no. even though you're going to duck? Nope. Fuck that. He could be swinging a styrofoam crowbar, and I wouldn't want him to do it. Hell no, dude. <laughs> um, no. That is, um, I don't want to say trust from BDP, um, coma-induced drug. Something because Jesus. So I gave this three quarters of a star because I did like a couple things about it. I like the attack from behind because realistically, realistically, there's no way he has a chance against DDP. No. So I like the fact that they tried to do something a little different. DDP continues. And then I really like the fact that DDP just shuts it down and even hurt. He's like, no, you're a fucking jobber and beats him. So I liked those things about it, but it was terrible. Three quarters of a star. Um, Star and a quarter by Davey boy. (laughs) Here's what. Here's what I put. Better than I expected, but then again, I expected nothing. So checks out. There's that. Uh, we get a history lesson from Sting and Luger. By by that I mean just the past Jesus, two weeks, dude. not like their I ten mean, year feud. That's a seventeen fucking hour show. If you yeah, right. Like, there's last year. Mark one. <laughs> well, we see Liz and Sting in the back. As Sting asks if she if she has the mace, and she's like, "Yeah, I do." But Sting's like, "You know what?" I have the super octane one here, so you use this one instead. Mayor so, put the other one down. She was not happy about it. Yep. So our next match is Sting versus Total Package. Luger attacks Sting before the bell. Liz gets on the apron, starts slapping Luger, and then uh, it's like St- Sting punches. So Sting punches. Luger stumbles into Liz's slap. He stumbles back in the punch, stumbles back in the slap type moment. Uh... Liz then gets in the ring, and guys, it looks like she's going to mace Sting. Oh, shit. So she sprays Sting with silly string. <laughs> Got it. I love the fact that Sting knew all along this 100%. shit. Was, yeah. Like, again, fuck Vinny Roo, but he's the only guy that that books Sting like Just a smart guy. He's like, bitch, I fucking know what's up. I'm not dumb. <laughs> Get down. Get down. He shames her. Off. Go. The fucking ring now. Yeah, and she looks so put up. Like, oh my god, <laughs> it was so awesome. And I love the fact that at this point he's like demeaning her, like in a yeah. way of like get down, leave. Yeah. And Luger tries to sneak attack him, but Sting then back elbows him, like, him like, and down. He's like down. You know? I love. And that. then Luger does it again. He's like, bitch, <laughs> down. <laughs> but then uh, Sting goes for the Scorpion Deathlock, but Liz comes in with the baseball back. And David flares his face. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Swings she, like she's Barry Bonds. She she wants to hit the home run there. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Sting was 41. 
Jesus. Jesus she was that was like offensive. noise. Yeah. Like, I know his bat isn't you know real, but like that's still like hard foam. That dude. could still do some damage. That shit hurts. That was nasty looking <laughs> and nasty sounding. Yeah. She took a swing. Bell. Uh, the ref calls for the bell. Five thirty-one. After the match, Lotus puts Sting's arm in a chair. Then Package stomps on it. Sting does not move. He doesn't move an inch, and he stomps it like eight times. Hits him with a bat a million times. And it's I was like, job by Sting." And I was like, "Oh, interesting development with more the breaking on, the arms." More on that later hmm, for me. But then Sting and Sterling stretch it out. He gets carried out by like six stagehands. There you go. Well, yeah. Second year in a row at a big show, you get stage structure out. Uh, here, three quarters of a star. Sting playing both Liz and the package the entire time was awesome. That bat shot was brutal, but it looks like Sting is on vacation again. So I will say that, like, the match itself was bad, but yeah. it was an entertaining segment. Yes. No, it was I totally really entertaining. Storyline wise, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. He, it, a lot of stuff was accomplished, but the match was bad. Uh, a star. has not looked good since he came back. Dude. It's like that difference. So, uh, a star from Davey Boy. So, again, close. But Luger. It's the first match. Luger said three stars. I can show you. (laughs) Uh, Luger and Sting have been great, not in the ring, but their characters outside and backstage. Luger's killing it everywhere but uh, in the the bell rings. Yeah. Sting's the same. He's no nonsense. Like, he. And Sting's better. Bell to bell, yeah. Then Luger is still, but but yeah, Luger's getting the pan you near know, the squirmish pansy. I gotta get out of here. But once that bell rings, it's likes Luger, you know. And then we come to this. Our next match, Jesus we Christ. get a history first. It really is. It's a powerball match. God. Sid versus Kevin Nash. Um, Sid hits Nash with a chair shot. Looks like Sid was a. Uh, uh, as I put it, it looks like Sid took the class uh, how to hit someone with the uh, chair. <laughs> Teach by Hulk Hogan. Yeah, as lightly as possible, brother. Uh, we get a ref bump, Sid. Of course we do. Tries to power bomb Nash, but couldn't get him up. Because Nash was like, lift me. <laughs> but uh, Sid tries anyway. <laughs> Jarrett runs down and blasts Sid with the power bomb. Carefully well, vacuums we, the evidence yeah, up. Uh, hits him with the guitar. That was weird. Nash <laughs> goes for the power bomb, but Nash's back is out. So Nash, what does what does he do? Nash wakes up the ref and goes, "I stuck him." And the ref's like, "I okay. believe you." Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Six minutes that and fifty-eight seconds. <laughs> Two months in a row with Sid's match is fucking brutal. Oh, sorry. What I, what I was going to say. Sid powerbombs Nash, but couldn't get him up. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was Evan Courageous Medusa-like. And it, again, uh, uh, Nash, that's uh, Sid. I don't know that I would um, dead weight Sid and hope he can get you up, because Sid is bad at wrestling when you help. Yeah, so. that's a good point. <laughs> uh, I swear to God. I enjoyed miniature aspects of the match. Yeah. Um, I gave it a star, but here's what I wrote. A phantom power bomb. It's different. This era, I swear. Uh, negative one. Yeah, no, you can't, can't argue it. Didn't they, weren't they a main event somewhere in WWE? In your house, one and two. It's got to be better than this. Oh. Well, well, yes, but, but not, by yeah, much. not by much, but it is better that, than that, this. The negative one by uh, Meltzer would be like maybe a, a oh, star and a half. God, that's terrible, dude. Uh, uh, he might have been. You know what? I think I know why he did. I waited him. 
At In Your House 1, Sid powerbombed Kevin Nash, Diesel, and ended up, like, fucking up his elbow. Ooh. To where he had to have surgery while he was champ and had to take it easy for a while. That's not great. So, possibly reasons why he's like, yeah, I'm not taking that powerbomb from Sid. Yeah. But, I mean, phantom powerbomb. Are we far from... Talk about taking the balls off the ref. What? You powerbomb? Okay, I believe you. Ring the goddamn bell. Especially what? what's coming up in a couple matches. Yep. I stuck him. Yeah. Yep. Checks out. All right. What the hell? Our next match, guys, it's a U.S. title ladder match. Mm-hmm. Crispin Wall versus Open Challenge. Somebody. The cho- cho- Chosen One. And we got the music on the network. Yep. We got the ch- ch- Chosen One. Yep. I was like, what the fuck? Jeff Jarrett comes out and accepts happy. this challenge. Happy. <laughs> uh, they begin to fight in the aisle. Ben Wall tries to bring the ladder, but Jarrett baseball slides <coughs> the ladder into him. The ladder is hanging on the apron. Jarrett picks it up and just drops it on Ben Wall on the ladder. Ben uh, drops Ben Wall on the ladder. Ben Wall is busted open from the no- nose. I think hard way too. It, yeah, it he is. ate that hard. Yep. Jarrett, I broke his nose. If you look at his face, he broke his nose. Uh, Jarrett puts Benoit through uh, the ladder and there's Laney on the corner and does like a leg sweep to the ladder and then Benoit just flies back. That could have ended really bad. Uh, Benoit goes for the title, but Jarrett pushes the ladder and Benoit throat hits the top rope. Benoit does the same thing to Jarrett, but Jarrett tries to block it by bouncing off the ropes, but misses and nuts himself on the top rope. Uh, Benoit is climbing the ladder but uh, Jarrett goes to the turnbuckle and drop kicks the ladder, and Benoit falls off like falls off it like Jeff Hardy did at No Mercy. Um, Benoit does the cartwheel under the ladder and drop kicks the ladder into Jarrett. Uh, Benoit begins to climb the ladder, but instead of grabbing the title that was right there, he was he, literally using the belt to stable himself. I'm like, he was. God damn it, he man. goes for a flying headbutt and hits it. Benoit then instantly climbs the ladder for the win. Your U.S. champion, Chris Benoit, 10 minutes and 15 seconds. I will say about halfway through, it, to me, it came across that neither guy was super comfortable in this kind of match. They were... Even though there were some good spots, they seemed a little hesitant and weren't sure how to work around the ladder. Well, they don't have a lot of experience with the ladder. Jared more so because he did wrestle Razor Ramon. In a series of house show ladder matches, and that's why it was 95. weird to me because Hall's there, and so like you could—that's yeah. a good guy to ask for a ladder match. You know what I put it down as? Uh, they planned on Hall. They didn't know how the extent of the injury. Planned on him working it. Um, yeah, and it was like a game day decision where it's like he can't work. So I don't think they had a lot of time to get ready because Jared is also getting ready for another gimmick match earlier in the night. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, which leads me to something I'll talk about later. I gave this three and a half though. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was, it's an underrated, forgotten ladder match. That's good. So I liked I, it. I will say, however, uh, I do agree with you. Uh, it's a spoiler. It's a match of the night. Uh, you know, spoiler <laughs> yeah. for later, guys. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it sucks for them. Not their fault. They had to follow the No Mercy ladder match. Yeah. Because that's the last one. Yeah. You're like, well, you know. Yeah, you're fighting that's a losing. five-star you're, match. I don't you're, tell you. You're fighting a losing battle. <laughs> you did your best. I no. really, I really loved... Uh, Jarrett, uh, as he's hanging upside down in the ladder, um, using his leg strength to turn the ladder. That was a cool spot. That I love because that I, spot. Because I loved it while I was like, oh, it makes sense. Put him in the ladder. You can't fucking move. Yeah. And Jarrett's like, bitch, I'll move the ladder. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. 
That added probably that half is, match. <laughs> when you have two pros like that, that's what you come up with yep. on fucking an hour's notice. Yeah, that was that cool. shit is cool as fuck, man. Um, Meltzer gave it four stars. I mean, that's a again, bit much, we're close. But. I mean, yeah, maybe a little over, but I mean, I mean, when you watch the rest of the show live, it's actually funny because he hates Jarrett. Oh yeah, that's actually hilarious. He got four stars out of but that. But you're probably like, I mean, if you're watching this live. And this comes after everything we've... I mean, you're Five like, stars, it's it. a great fucking match. Yeah. Yeah. Is this in Tokyo? What's <laughs> yeah, happening here? What's going on? And then, main event time, guys. And then... Can I just say something that pisses me off right off the bat? Because yes. Absolutely, sir. Bret Hart comes off first. Fucking bullshit. Irate I was. Yes, he does. Holy fuck, I was pissed. Because Goldberg, Goldberg's not coming out first. It doesn't even matter who Goldberg's facing, he doesn't come out first. So, but first... Against Hogan, he comes out last. But Are you for, kidding me? We get, but the thing is, so yes, the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, we get a buffer entrance. Oh, but he did, did we? That's well, interesting. He halfs ass it. He doesn't do, let's get ready to rumble. It's like, Are you ready to rumble? I'm like, yeah. that's not your line. <laughs> you know why he did that, right? They would pay him. From here on out, you don't get Let's Get Ready to Rumble. If you want, to, if you want Let's Get Ready to Rumble, you have to pay like twice as much. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, there's, there's different levels so, of buffer interest. Oh, At this point, uh, his brother, Bruce, had contacted him. They were not in each other's lives. Yeah. Do you know that story? No. No. I'll tell it real quick because it's sort of related to what Corey was saying. So Bruce Buffer um, was just doing whatever he was doing one day and saw Michael Buffer introducing like, like a, a fight. And he was like... Buffer's a weird name. Who is this guy? <laughs> he looks him up. Turns out they're half brothers. Yeah. Didn't know. So, you know, a few years go by. They don't connect. He finally connects with him. He talks with him. Becomes his agent. He's actually still his agent. Really? So, be- like, when all of this changed, it's because of Bruce Buffer. That's awesome. He's like, hey, dude, you um need to market the shit out of yourself. You are leaving millions of dollars on the table. <laughs> Right? That's awesome. I didn't so know that. So that is the reason why uh, you get this half-ass interest now, because uh, Bruce Buffer from UFC. And I'm pretty sure, and I'm not sure how many more times we see Buffer, but you don't get a let's get ready to rumble over again. Well, I mean, a spoiler, I didn't see it here. I fast-forwarded his fucking entrance. Fuck <laughs> yeah. that shit. So, yeah, so your <laughs> champion comes out first. Bugged me. Oh. I like his music now, though. I do. It's growing on me. It has, it's not, man. It's not the Hitman music. No, no, in all fairness, it's but not. But it is good. Yeah. It is good. But... We've talked about this before. Has WCW, you know, neutered Brett because there's no sunglasses, there's no leather jacket anymore. Besides, it getting stolen every week. He got week. tired of being ripped off. Yeah, you know, it's just like what? He's like, I noticed Flair's robes never get fucking stolen. Right. You know, in the past week or so, Brett's been jumped in the back, but Goldberg still gets the security. Bret Hart, more of a man than Goldberg, got it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, both men shake hands before the match. Go- Goldberg dominates most of the match. Oh, yeah. uh, Goldberg goes to the leg lock, but Brett almost reverses it into the sharpshooter. But Goldberg shoves him off. I thought that was cool. We get a ref bump. Brett throws Goldberg in the ref. Robinson then runs down. Goldberg does a double arm hip toss and throws Brett into Robinson. Then Johnny Boone comes out. Goldberg goes to the spear, but Brett moves and rams his head into the post. Brett goes to put the figure for all around Goldberg around the post. Brett hits his head on the ground because Goldberg doesn't hold him up. It's like my favorite fucking Bret Hart move is that figure four on the post. Is this after the kick? No, it's no, before it's the kick. So it's up. actually why I think it was a combo platter because he hit he, his head he, fucking he, hard. He, there was a thump on that ground. Yeah, so I think it was a combo platter. 
So Brett attacks the left leg of Goldberg. Brett puts Goldberg in the figure four. Crowd's chanting, Goldberg sucks. Uh, it's like a fucking loud Goldberg sucks chant. Oh, boy. Uh, the bloom's off the rose with the smart fans. Yeah. Uh, Mostly because of the company. I mean, you book him the way you booked him. You know. Yeah, you took away the one special thing about him. Goldberg, uh, Brett has Goldberg in a leg like leg submission around the middle rope, but Goldberg has Brett in a sleeper hold. Brett then uh, accidentally punches uh, Johnny Boone. Goldberg hits Brett with a standing sidekick. And this is the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This Brett, is the spot. Brett instantly grabs the his head, mm-hmm. so you don't know if he's selling. Uh, well, he's he's not he's not wanting to sell, but he is. Yeah, I in his book, which is an excellent book, yeah. um, he does talk about it being a twofer. Like, but I couldn't remember if the if the kick was first and then the thud on the outside thud exasperated first, you know, it. Thud first, but so that thud first, started, yeah. Then the kick. Yeah, he he says it's a twofer in the match. Um, <sighs> or talk about this in a minute after this. Um, Goldberg uh, then spears Bret Hart. Roddy Piper then comes out here oh so slowly, just walking down. Got to be the star of the show. Hart puts Goldberg in the sharpshooter, and they call for the bell instantly. Piper leaves. Hudson yells, don't tell me this is Montreal all over again. Bret runs up the ramp and grabs Piper, and Piper hands him the belt, and that is how we end Starcade. 12 minutes and 7 seconds. Okay, so... Do you want to do your rating first, Corey? Then we'll go in yeah, other right. stuff. Yes. We'll do, your, do that yeah. first. I gave it two and three quarters. <laughs> okay. Crowd was alive for this match. So was Brett for the first half. <laughs> Come on, nothing. Joe, you disappoint me. Oh, no, I was giggling <laughs> yeah. inside. Good intensity, maybe a little too much. <laughs> then they had to redo Montreal because Russo can't come up with his own shit. Super lame. Uh, Meltzer gave it also that, too. So, uh, where do I want to go first? Uh, let's talk about Goldberg first. Uh, so, yeah, I kicked his fucking head in the third row. Like, it was a brutal kick. I mean, so, I remember as a young kid, remember the kick being worse mm-hmm. than it actually was? Because uh, for some reason in my head, I thought he caught him under the jaw. No. Or, like, in the front of the forehead. I didn't realize no. Brett actually turned with the kick a little bit. And thank Christ he turned a little I was bit. I like, thank God it was Bret Hart, because anybody else. Because that's, like, a fucking anybody. Like, Jeff Jarrett, like... He might have killed him. Yeah, how hard he kicked it's, it's him. It's not a joke. I no 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 hyperbole there. I I listened to the uh, what happened when or Shivani and there's the Starcade one, and they bring up that Brett. God, Conrad hates Goldberg. Holy fuck, oh, dude. Brett tried tried to catch it, but tried. it slipped. And before the match, Brett tells Goldberg, "Don't hurt me." Yeah, that, that's the thing. That's the famous thing is before the match, he asked him, "Just don't hurt me." Which shows how much confidence Brett had in Goldberg. Hasn't Brett called him a gorilla? Yeah. Like yeah. wrestling a gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So that's not ideal. And then, like, imagine being Brett Hart, right? Still, like, with it enough, like, to just get your head rattled twice. No, you're about to eat a hellacious fucking spear where that fucker doesn't catch anybody. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't protect you on that move either. He just, just Dives runs you, you the yeah. fuck over. Right, and it, it's that thing with Goldberg that then and hell now when before the bell rings he tries to amp himself up like it's you know the Super Bowl for him every match hitting his head on the locker hell in current day a couple years ago he did the same thing almost killed Taker almost killed Taker and then he forgot his promo 
on Raw one night because he was so out of it because he had blood coming down his forehead. Too intense for the wrestling business, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I have something else I want to bring out to you guys. Yeah. The the fact that Starcade is cursed now. Take you back, Joe and Corey, to Starcade 97, Hmm. where WCW dug the first uh, four feet of their own grave by fucking over this thing in Hogan's storyline. And Brett. Um, And Brett. Uh, I mean, it was the greatest storyline maybe ever told in wrestling. And they fucked it over. Well, brother, fucked it over. Let's take you to that. On top of, they were handed Bret Hart on a platter. They inherited the hottest thing in wrestling. And did fuck over. In fact, just fucked and redid the Montreal thing then. So there's that. The 97. Awesome job, guys. You know what? July 98, we get lucky. We have Goldberg. Fast forward to December. You might get a mulligan. They end his streak with a cattle prod. So that's cool there. A week later, they do a fucking finger poke of doom, and Before people move on. don't care. Let's not forget, they also, in their infinite wisdom, were handed the hottest storyline in the world with Ric Flair and Bischoff, yep. and had Bischoff win. Yeah, so there's, there's that. Oh, and then this year, uh, Goldberg kicks his fucking head into the crowd, and they redo Montreal again with Roddy Piper. So, and also... This is their WrestleMania for this fucking company. Two out of the last three years, a Montreal screw job. Yep. Can you imagine if like WrestleMania fucking did this shit? Like three years in a row, this garbage in their main event. And they wonder why. Oh Wait, my you god. Can kind, you dude. can kind of say three years in a row with a screw job type because of the cattle prod. But three that years. It's a screw job, yeah. It's, but it's a screw job. But uh, two of them have Bret Hart involved. But that's a North American screw job. Yeah. Uh, it's terrible. Dude. It's, <laughs> the Washington screw job. Yeah. You know, I mean, like two out of the three years, Bret Hart is involved in the screw job. On the first one, he's the baby face. He's on the good side. And now this time, it's what the hell. At this point, if you're like in the main event next year, you're like, I'm not working so hard. Fuck not, that I'm shit. Good. No, you, I'm good, dog. No, that's true. But okay, can you imagine this? Can you imagine Bret Hart in uh, December of 99 when he gets word of what the finish of this match is going to be? As a guy who took Montreal so close to heart. Yep. Did it take some extreme convincing, or is he so beaten down by the crap that's happened this year? I think he's so beaten down. I he's think like, whatever, he sees whatever. the end of that contract coming in a year, and yeah. he's like, fuck it. My, yeah. my, one of my I'm going to get my money and get the fuck out of here. One yeah. of my favorite things about uh, Bret, there's like a gif of him, and it's just like, the moment where you know he doesn't give a fuck is when he does his, like, pat and then, like, double arm, like, ah, when he shakes his hands in front of him. There's like one of them, he's just like, huh, I mean, like, the one here when he got in the ring at Starcade? Yeah, yeah like, He's like, huh, I'm here. A uh, little, little uh, Sasha Banks boo-boo face here coming out. I don't blame him, but... <laughs> this instance warrants boo-boo so, face. Booby, boo, uh, Before boo-boo he face gets is Goldberg, hurt. not, the, not uh, because of what's happening, is I think it's against Goldberg. No, I, I think... The boo-boo face is warranted just because of the fucking direction the match is going. He, know, he knows he's got to relive the worst professional night of his life. And he can't be, he can't be thrilled about that. Like, good or bad, Montreal gave the WWF Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon as the character. Mm-hmm. Brett knows there is no fucking way this dumb shit's going to capitalize on anything they do with tonight. He knows by this point there is no shot in hell. 
they're going to capitalize on this mm-hmm. and make this mean anything. So this right. ending is going to be forgotten in 24 hours. It's not going to matter. That, mm, yes, and we'll get to that on the next podcast. Yep. This ending means nothing in the long run. Absolutely because nothing. Because it was just a conduit to get to the next night. Yep. Wow. Yep. Uh, it, it's funny about that. You have, you know, like, if you, if you compare, since this is supposed to be the WrestleMania of the WWE, WrestleMania, they don't do this. They go, all right, we're starting fresh tomorrow night. We're not going to continue the storyline like a normal well, pay-per-view. They or a, They used to. <laughs> like a normal pay-per-view or a normal show. So they're like, we're just... Starcade for them is just another night that they can continue the storyline build. Well, in all fairness, and, it's, and you're right, it shouldn't be that way. But that has been their doctrine ever since they got on TNT because their whole mission was to get ratings and because that, that's how they made money. Yep. The Turner Home Entertainment pocketed the money for pay-per-views, so Maybe. that didn't matter to them at all. Nope. It was the money you get from the ad rights and the ratings for Nitro that made the difference. So to them, TV was more important. It's uh, what a fuck of a show. <laughs> it's, uh, Corey, yeah. your final oh. verdict? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, God. Um, bum, this should be good. Um, Actually, you're going to hate me for it. Oh, no. I loved it. Five stars. A scattered show, dragged in places, but was good in others. I can't say it was better than Armageddon, but I actually enjoyed it more than watching Armageddon. Damn. It's that rubbernecking car wreck type of thing. To me, Armageddon was just raw part three after SmackDown. Nothing super happened. There were some dragged matches. We've seen too many. This was a car wreck, and I couldn't help but look as I was driving by it. You know what I mean? So that's why I enjoyed it more. Both shows, for the record, are terrible. And I don't, now that we've done this podcast, I can't ever really see myself going back to watch either one of them again. Yep. But well, yeah. I mean, not, so, not, 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 so, I can't. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask. Yeah. There's no way to make it better. Okay. Okay. So uh, did you order this live? No, I did not. And uh, we did get Armageddon live. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Lots of twist. Uh, I, well, I had that night off. I did not have this night off. Should have worked. Should have worked both Let's see. I did, however, pay for the official Warner Brothers home video Ooh. VHS copy of this and the next pay-per-view together Ooh. later on in 2000 because you can normally find pay-per-views from either shows at Blockbuster, Hollywood, yep. or any mom-and-pop show at the time. Yep. You couldn't find Starcade and sold out anywhere. Jesus. So I actually had to go online and buy those. Damn. Yeah. Why? Collection, buddy. I hadn't seen it. I wanted to see it. Oh, no, why like, weren't there? Why weren't they there? I don't know, because Halloween Havoc and Mayhem and WCW. Super Brawl and Uncensored, <laughs> they were all at both Hollywood and Blockbuster, the but fuck? those two, you could not get anywhere here. WCW, everybody. Well, maybe because they knew what happened. They're like, we don't even so, know. Guys, <laughs> what was the better show? Armageddon uh, or Definitely Star Armageddon Cade? for me. I, I will say Armageddon because quality-wise, it was better. Yeah. I enjoyed the car wreck aspect of this better, but Armageddon was the better show. I, I, I'm, I'm picking Armageddon, but I got to say, I wanted to enjoy this car wreck, but I just couldn't. Uh, if there, it, there are bits and pieces, like you said. However, for me, as yeah. a whole car wreck, uh But see, I think the difference, the only reason I was able to is because I was way down on Triple H and McMahon were. where you guys weren't. You guys really liked yeah, it, and I, was, I just thought it was okay. That's fair. So let's go to the buy rates for oh God for this. I don't know if I want to. Uh, I'm gonna say 0. 0.5. 0. 0.5. I want to say 0. 0.37. 0. 0.37. Okay, 
So I'm going to go back a year, and I'll read you the card, too. Oh, God. This okay. was a terrible Starcade card. So last year's Starcade got a 1.15. <laughs> Wait till you hear the card. This is the card for Starcade. Starts off strong. Billy Kidman defeated Rey Mysterio and Juventude in a triple threat for the Cruiserweight. So not Medusa. No. Billy Kidman then defeated Eddie Guerrero after. Yep. In a cruiser. Norman Smiley defeated Prince Ikea. <laughs> Perry Saturn then defeated Ernest Miller. Brian Adams and Scott Norton defeated Fit Finley and Jerry Flynn. What was that doing on Starcade? Jesus. Conan defeated Chris Jericho. All right. Eric Bischoff defeats Ric Flair. DDP defeated The Giant. And Kevin Nash defeats Goldberg. Oh, God. That got a 1.1. That was carried by its top two matches. People wanted to see Flair kill Bischoff, and they wanted to see Goldberg and Nash. Armageddon got a .97. Jesus Christ. Just a week ago. Craziness. Which you can listen to what we thought about that on the the pay-per-view war stories from last week. 1999 Starcade, .32. You were over with a point three seven. I thought I was going to go under. I was like, I'll play the safe and they go under. They lost almost an entire point. <sighs> they Damn. lost half their audience. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. That is gutting. Like, if you doubled that amount of virus, they, it's still a significant they, loss from previous year. They lost year. half the audience in the same arena they were in last year. Oh, I mean, you're ice cold. And you're sinking and you can't find a way out. Damn. Well, how about that? 0.32 from a 1.15. That is... 16,000 to 8,000. That is not a good omen going forward. No. Wow. So, this brings an end to 1999 pay-per-views. But first, let's go to our favorite part of the show. The award show. Let's start it off with best match. Oh, the ladder match. The ladder match. Ladder match. Jared Vibenois. 100%. Uh, worst match? I had Vampiro versus Dr. Death for me. For me, it's Medusa and Courageous. Um, Vampiro and Dr. Death for me. It was, by God, not a slobber knocker. Who is your MVP? Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. He worked two gimmick matches, mm-hmm. one out of nowhere. And to me, he has been the MVP of the entire company since he showed up in October. He's going above and beyond busting his ass and everything he does. Um, whereas everyone else is kind of slow motion because they don't like the way their angles are going. Oh. Uh, so to me, it's all about Jeff Jarrett tonight. Mine's the other half. It's uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, I didn't think anybody had a necessarily strong performance, uh, but he was in one half of the best match, and he won. So, Chris Benoit. Uh, mine's going with Corey, and it's going to be Jarrett. He played double duty, and it's one of those things that he is being used frequently on every television show that they can get him on. And it just blows my mind that and also, you have all this talent, and you do an open challenge, but it's, Chris, it's Jeff Jarrett instead of like anybody else. He's Jeff Jarrett. He's motivated. He yeah. wants to prove to Jim Ross and Vince McMahon they made a mistake. And that you can yep. totally see that. Who is your guys' Moadib? 
Can I go last? Because sure. it's related to my what the fuck. Okay. Uh, Roddy Piper. Okay. I mean, I enough love, said, but please explain. <laughs> I love Piper of the 80s. Yep. But this Piper can go fuck himself and just stay off TV. Yes, please. sir. Please, just stay off. You were only on screen for a minute, and you were so bad yep. that you were clearing away my least valuable player. Yep. <sighs> Mine goes to Evan Courageous. Uh, not because you lost to a woman. It's just that you're Evan Courageous. <laughs> True words were never spoken. I mean, Boom. hard So my Moa Dib is related to my WTF, so I'll go right into that. Okay. My Moa Dib are the WCW fans. <laughs> because in your desperate attempt to retain said fans, losing, by the way, mightily in that effort, uh, you now going forward have no Scott Hall. No Hulk Hogan, no Ric Flair, and now no Sting on weekly television. Uh, not looking good, Bob. Jeff Jarrett might be the MVP of every weekend he is. It's not helping with those ratings, though. Hey, so that's why they brought back the Varsity Club, brother. Is that why? <laughs> Corey, your unabashed love of WCW, that's what I appreciate about you. Yeah, that's true. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ride or die. So that's my what the fuck is. Have fun with all that. You know, it's not, uh, I'll let Corey go next, but one thing I would say, you know what, one thing I'm going to miss about the network until what? if they ever put them up on Peacock is scrolling through the photos of and being every spoiled week. And about being, what happens? Yes, but but when you see a photo that doesn't spoil some, like a main thing but spoils something else, you go like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. I'm going to miss that. My favorite thing, though, is when they would just... Because I hate when they spoil shit. Of course. But there was like a three-week stretch in like fall of 98 for Nitro, where instead of showing Warrior on his debut, the next week it's like the cat uh, chin-locking Scott Armstrong. And you're like, that's what you picked to put the thumbnail on? Like, I'm not asking you to ruin the main event, but that's what you picked? You couldn't, like, do, a, you couldn't do a promo from the Wolfpack? Or yeah, like, like, no. Goldberg anywhere? Yeah, yeah. no. And then the next week would be like Saturn and like Lodi. And you're like, what are you doing? Why am I getting myself into this? Yeah. That's a highlight of the week? All right. Cool. I'm All looking right. forward to this. So, Corey. Yeah. You're a WTF? I am a ride or die WCW fanatic. I was back then, too. <laughs> yep. I, I am one that never left them. You were the one, huh? WWF was far and away the better product. There was no denying it. Yeah. They put on the better matches. They put on the better angles. They had the better commentary for the most part. They just were fresh. Mm-hmm. But I never left. I saw a light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't think they'd ever become what they were. Yeah. I thought the NWO was lightning in a bottle, and now you're back to just being number two, which is fine. Nothing wrong with being number two. This, this Vince Russo shit it ain't working. I had... No. I had cautious high hopes when he showed up. We talked about it on this show. I was like, all right, because it's been lifeless. So it can't be much worse. Turns out. It can. We um, gave him three weeks, and it was like, it's you know, okay. Yeah. You know what you're doing, but <laughs> then. Someone ever says, it can't get worse. Caution them. Like, but no, it can. Vince it absolutely can. Yeah. It can always get worse. My what? heart sank when I was 19, and I got word of the ending of this pay-per-view. When? I was like. They they did a so fake Montreal. I knew about the kick, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. I 
either forgot or never knew the ending to the pay-per-view. But I was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, at least two years ago it was real. Like, we're going to half-ass a storyline out of it now? Fuck. It's... I was bummed at the time. I was like, well, uh, it's definitely over. It's, because I remember, as I told you guys last week, watching Armageddon with my friend, I may not have loved it, but we, it ended on a high point with a fresh turn. Yeah. And we were glowing about it. Like, God, yeah. there's so many ways you can go, and you can do this, and you can go there. And then it's just like, really? Yeah, you, you, you did that? Uh, so it just feels like they're in like how long do we have to wrap the ship up permanently mode now? Like they're just like, eh, we'll play off the strings. How long are these contracts? All right. I will tell you this. Some guys are absolutely doing that. I will tell you this, um, behind the scenes, there's already discussion and planning to have like a coup on Vuso by people in power at, at AOL Time Warner or WCW. Um, it's already started. Wow. Um, so there you go. Uh, my WTF. Yeah. Ghost Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. The man tells you don't hurt him. Yeah. And your pit bull mentality for a wrestling match. Hurts the guy. I've come to appreciate Goldberg for what he brings to the table recently. Yeah. But there was a long time, including live as watching, where I could not stand him. And I was like, you're dangerous. You're a detriment to the company. There are spots that he does, and you're like, oh, shit, like a spear, because he hits it just right. Mm -hmm. But then there's, lately, it's been coming the... I'm going to hurt you. Well, he's, he hits the spear, right? Because he hits the spear the way that Terry Funk hits a right hand. He just punches you in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, you know, there's hitting a spear, then they're just running over a motherfucker without pads on. And then and that's what he's doing. <laughs> then you know? he tries to jackhammer you, and then... Like, we just... don't have to like Roman's spear, but, like, he's fucking safe and doesn't hurt motherfuckers. And some, like, and some of those jackhammers he's hitting lately... Or not hitting because he not, can't lift them. And, or he, some of them, he's not rotating till damn near the end. We're, we're getting close to, like, a brain buster with him falling on your face. Yeah. Uh, the creative control a couple weeks ago, he did one, and he had... He slingshot them off the top <laughs> rope to make it work. I uh, I was never, like, anti-Goldberg, but I was never the biggest fan of his. And I think it's because, even at that age, I was just like, we're not, like, really tough, though. Like, you play this badass, but you're not. I, Fast forward to four years from when Jericho just holds him in a fucking front chancery, and he can't get out of it because he's a little bitch. <laughs> like, I, I can tell you, growing up, I was on the <laughs> Goldberg train, and then he won the title, and I was all for it. And I think for me, it ended midway through his title run. I, was like, he like, I just like I that title run ran out of steam because you've seen the show. You he can't wrestle, yeah, and he can't kind of promo. So like, what does he like to Corey's point? What does he bring to the company? You know what? Now seeing it and talking about it, Goldberg. You know what Goldberg is? Zach Ryder. All that. Pub. Oh, Zach Ryder's way better. No, 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 no. Yeah, like, yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. When Zack Ryder wins the U.S. title, and it's... People were happy because it happened. Happy, this, this, and this. But the next day. Next day. Goldberg, same thing. 
It's like, yeah. Because, yeah, he wins. And the, the, the moment he beats Hogan is a fucking fantastic moment. It's iconic. Yep. It's arguably. Okay, now I won't it's say that. It's top three moment. Well, I was going to say arguably the last great moment in Nitro, but Flair coming back in September is a great moment. Um, so there's at least one more behind it. Yep. But then the next day, I mean, it was it was almost like that. It was like, okay, now what? Because now we're just going to get title matches. He's going to blow. That are competitive. He's going to blow over everybody. He's going to make the roster. He was already making the roster look weak, but the world champion is beating everybody in two minutes. Yeah. Including the giant, who I will pose to this day, I still think Paul White was far superior to Goldberg in terms of an overall package. He had more upside. Yeah. If they had booked him right. He did. If they had booked him right. Exactly. If they booked him right. Why did the Giant get Goldberg's streak? He was 7-something, 450 pounds. He should have been beating people in two minutes. But he jobbed. Pushed the motherfucker off a building, dude. Come on. Yeah. And then, as uh, according to uh, Corey's typing, raping, uh, (laughs) he's used him and the Yeti. correct. Yeah, him him and the... (laughs) <laughs> him and the Yeti fucking double penetrating Hogan at Halloween Havoc. It's obviously a memory that'll live in him. You think that gets scrubbed off the network? I hope not. They're scrubbing. Be, that They're, should be playing sometime during the day, every day. I was, it's like Law and Order. It's, I was, done. it's just them wiggling. It's like that's their done done It's just them banging Hulk Hogan. This guy's been like going off on Twitter about the, the edits that they're going to be making on the Ecock because they've already started. Yeah. And he's like, I can't wait till the motherfucker gets to the ECW stage. Each episode will be seven minutes. It'll be Joey Styles introducing you and then like a Jerry, uh, Jerry Lynn promo because that's all that you can play. Yeah. And, he's like, and I can't wait until the motherfucker who's scrubbing him finds out what a new Jack is. Which is hilarious, by the way, because like, like that's he's not wrong. But, like if you go to like the movie section, like. So all of this is okay, but yeah. like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It, we can talk about that on the no so. So guys, this ends 1999 pay per views. <laughs> yeah, and I was looking, and I uh, I couldn't even find a boxing one. I think this is it. Legitimately, there isn't one after. This is the last. I was looking. I was trying to find one. Last pay per view 1999. Yeah. So guys, Corey. What's the next pay-per-view in the year 2000? Oh, God, Joe. Well, the next oh, pay-per-view God. that we will be uh, watching is WCW Sold Out. Oh. January 16th from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. And uh, I've already started. And it's going to be epic. Um, okay. Uh, I can say, uh, I don't know. You guys have been hyping it for about a month now. I have no idea what's happening. Neither do they. It's all right. Okay, cool. That's what makes it so eventful. Awesome. Question. Yeah. Does any of the show spoil? Does any of the weeks? When is the? Uh, when is it? January sixteenth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have like what three weeks? Yep. Or four weeks. Four weeks. Is there any way I can catch it on the by watching the shows, or no. is it just nope. this nope. is something? Let's put it this way. It's behind the scenes stuff. Okay. Cool. And on TV. Well, on TV. Uh, so something later in the week. Uh, is directly related to that. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be able to give... We won't be able to do a uh, Mark Out or No So. Okay. It's impossible. Awesome. That's awesome. Because, well, because the, the card that was originally built, um, 30% of it actually happens. Amazing. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Sick. Uh, uh, we can do a kayfabe Mark Out No So, but then just that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah so I can't <laughs> even do a Mark Out or No So for sold out. It's like... Awesome. This might be the only pay-per-view in history we can't do it for. Joe, awesome. that legitimately might be a two-hour show. Awesome. Okay. There is 
so much happened. So I would just say Remember that when I said two one two for a, pay, uh, yeah. a week, it might be one two two. It's gonna be one one two. Yeah, uh, one, just two, assume yeah. we're doing that by itself that night. Okay, oh, that's fine. And Monday we'll do the war stories. Damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, awesome. Cannot wait. So this brings it into nineteen ninety nine pay per views. Also brings it into this episode of the pay per view war stories as we're looking forward to WCW sold out two thousand. You can listen to all of our podcasts at NoSellEntertainment.com. That's right, NoSellEntertainment.com. You can find us on any social media website. And like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to your podcasts. 